Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with myself, your host, Sean Basto. You can find me at I am Basto on Twitter and on Facebook, just Sean Basto. So today's episode is with Linus Udofia, currently 13 and 0 as a professional, with seven knockouts on his record. He currently fights under Steve Goodwin in the southern area of the UK. He is a massive Luton Town football fan, and I'm really excited to be talking about him, about his career to date about what the plans are for the future and also what does he get up to out of the ring we're going to find out in this episode but just before you go and do that please go and find us on social media at btr boxing pod give us a follow find us on facebook btr boxing podcast for all the latest episodes that are out on a weekly basis also go and subscribe to us we're on apple podcasts podbean stitcher spreaker player fm spotify you know the score go on there get subscribing to us leave us a rating leave us a review it truly helps us make our rise in the podcast rankings so this is it guys this is ones to watch episode number four of series two and it's with Linus Udofia. So delighted to say I've got Linus Udofia on the line. Linus, it's great to finally get you onto the podcast for the Ones to Watch series. First of all, how are you doing? I'm very well, man. I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, you know what? I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're such a busy guy, uh, a guy in demand, and I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to me today. Uh, always, always a pleasure, man. It's, um, we've been, we've been, we're trying to work around each other to actually catch each other at a more convenient time. And, you know what I mean, this is what happens, you're just busy, busy, busy all the time, you can, you have to do it on the go, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, the, well, that is it, you know yourself, it's the life, isn't it, it's the life you live. So, the Ones to yeah. Watch episodes, then, we're talking about you, we're talking about your background and journey into boxing and what your plans are. So, the first question I always ask people when they come on the show is, what was it that got them into boxing? So, Linus, what got you into boxing? Um, I <laughs> Well, I never really liked boxing, really. Um, I, I didn't really like the concept of, you know, you could only fight with two hands, like your hands and not your the rest of you. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I used to play football, used to do athletics, used to do a lot of things when I was a little bit younger. And um, when I got to the age of, like, 16, I played football at a high level and then um, 
dropped that out really, fell out of love with that. And then uh, a good, really good friend of mine, the actual reason I'm actually a boxer was my, my good friend Grant Walpole. He, he started like running boxing classes because I used to play football with him. And he said to me, you know, why don't you come down and just try it out? And I said, you know, I don't know. I'll see, I'll see how it is. Went down one time and realised, you know what? It's more than just using your hands to just fight. It's a lot of a think. It's thinking. It's really fun. Like I thought, I found it really fun. And I actually really enjoyed the training as well as the mental side of it. You know, the hit and don't get hit side of it, the boxing, the smart side of it, you know, the footwork, all of the brain, the, like the chest side of it. I really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, as I just went through the motions for a couple of months. And then he said, you know what? Like, you know, if you want to fight other people and things like that, there's a club, Hokkaorin APC in, um, in Hokkaorin, in Luton, that you can go to if you actually want to fight and join them. So I went there, joined them, started training. And about two months into my training, they said, you know, uh, we got your first fight. And I was, you know, shitting myself about it, part of my language. <laughs> I was really, I was really nervous about it, and I thought, oh, yeah, let's just do it, you know, like let's just do it. And then um, I did it, and it was like a drug. I just, I, like when I won, it was just like that was the best feeling in the world. There was no, genuinely, there's no other feeling than getting your hands raised. Like there's no other feeling. Like it's just unreal. And that, that just it hooked me, it hooked me, and that was it. I just fell in love with it from then on. It never really stopped. So what was a what was the amateur background like for you then? Once you got started, did you did you ever contest in a lot of amateur fights? Did you win any particular titles? Um, no, not really. I did Tri Nations. I won, I won all my uh, Tri Nations titles and um, uh, home county titles. Won that two years uh, in a row. Uh, fell short in the ABA. Fell short in the Box Cup. And um, yeah, I've only lost. I only lost like three times as an amateur out of like 40, 40 odd fights. I was just saying you made a decision after that then to turn professional. What was it? Was it just the, the, the thrill of the fact that you, you, you was winning so many fights and you felt like maybe I can actually do this as a professional? No, I actually made a decision to turn professional on a loss. It was one of my last, well not, not my last fight, but it was one of my last fights as an amateur. I was uh, fighting uh, in a box cup against Jordan Reynolds. Um, and uh, another Luton boy um, who's going on now to do some really big things in the GB squad so um, you know I, I was fighting him I got drawn up against him in the first round and I felt like you know it don't really matter how you feel or whatever I felt like I won that fight like quite uh, convincingly as well but um, yeah the judges hate it a different way and yeah it is what it is and uh, I just kind of like got back to the drawing board and I was just kind of like oh that's another major competition I'm not in now and I just kind of felt like yeah, I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this and I never actually had it in my head to turn pro even though I was training with my pro professional coach now Terry Stewart at the time I was training with him uh, my amateur club used to take me down there to sparring just to get learn some more things some more you know, tricks to my trade some more you know, uh, weapons in my arsenal you know and um, I was training with him as a pro, and I remember I went back to him after that loss, showed him the video, and he said, no, nah, there's no way he lost that fight. But, you know, and he said, if you think, if you want to turn pro, I'll be your coach. And I went, I, I didn't think about it until he said that to me then. I didn't think about it. I never thought about turning pro until he said it to me. And then I thought, you know what, like, yeah, I might do it. And, you know, some things came up. Steve came out of the blue. Um, not Steve came out of the blue. Terry recommended me to, uh, down to Steve. We got to speak to him, we had a meeting, and it, the deal was done right then and there. I knew I wanted to turn pro after just, you know, taking a little bit of time out after losing, taking a little bit of time out and just kind of kind of recollecting and just seeing, seeing if I actually wanted to, you know, go on and kind of push on, you know, and become a freshman, you know, start a career that way. And yeah, and um, 
yeah, I kind of made a decision, you know, in like a few weeks. Had my last amateur fight and just, yeah, called it a day for the amateur boxing and just moved on. So you made your debut 19th of March 2016 against Sonny Whiting. What was the feeling like going from the amateur side of the sport to making that debut, the professional debut at York Hall? What, what, what was the feelings and thoughts going into it? Um, coming up to it, I had a lot of support. Uh, you know, I always have a lot of support. Um, had a lot of support going into that fight. It was just nuts, like the whole learning about the game. I, I'd been around York Hall a lot. You know, prior to that, there was a lot of shows. You know, so I've been around your hall so many times. Brad had his debut before me, so I've been around it. I've seen how much of a show it was. One thing I didn't realise was it's not just a fight; it's an event. It's a show. Do you know what I mean? It's a show. So it's not just like in the amateurs. You just walk out, get in the ring, fight. Now it's like it's all like ring music. All, all it's like a show. It's a massive show. So that's one thing I never, I didn't expect. Even though I've seen it coming up to it, and um, yeah, that was the biggest eye opener for me. You know, coming into the ring, it was just such a show. Like it was just such an event and a spectacle. And you know, it, it, you know, with the amateurs, I describe it as a sprint, and the pros, uh, it's, it's a marathon. You know, like you take your time. You can't just start off and you know sprint off. You can't just start off and start throwing 100 punches around like you would in the amateurs you have to really think and you know pace yourself and figure your opponent out and take time because the amateurs is completely different the amateurs is a lot of fencing the pros is a lot of people a lot of pros sit down and they figure things out you know a lot of these people you're fighting are just it's just a whole different level you know and it was just good good to see and learn and my coach has already gone through gone through with me you know coming up to all these things he, he's a season he's, he's very seasoned he knows what he's on about and it was just it was just a really it was a really good eye opener to see all on that debut to see everything happen on that debut and just to see that this is where my life is going to be now so it was it was really good I, I felt very calm I was nervous but I was like you know because the first time I'm doing this discretion I've got the whole town around me I've got my friends I got friends from work. I got my family. I got my girlfriend's family. I got every. I got every. I got all the people that I've ever cared about watching me at my first time doing this. You know, you know what I mean? It was very. Ner- it was very nerve wracking. So, but you know, all good. Wonderful. So, and you moved on. And one of the things that I've picked up since following your career is that you're really active as a fighter, and in particular. Last year, 2018, was the most active year you had. It was six fights in one year, so you're really trying to keep yourself as active as possible as a fighter since you turned professional, and that's something that's got to be applauded to you, the fact that you are trying to push uh, and, and get involved in fights as, as, as often as you can. And I know that's down to uh, the fact that you're willing and desire to do that, but I also know it's down to the fact that uh, Steve Goodwin as well, he likes to keep his fighters really active and get them on as many shows as he can at the York Hall. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know... Inactivity kills fighters sometimes. You know, what I mean, it really it's it, it, it's very it's very difficult to um, <clears throat> it's very difficult to get these fights. And you know, a lot of these fights, there's a lot of things that people don't know. You can't just you know show up and fight. There's a lot of financial side to it. There's a lot of politics to it. You need to be able to shift and get to be able to fight. So I've been very fortunate. My support base has been really good. You know, what I mean, I've, I've had a lot of people behind me. A lot of people you know, funding my career. Uh, a lot of people have come to support, and a lot of people, like a lot of sponsors, have come in, and they really help me out and make all of this possible. You know, six fights in one year. That's you know, works out to like one every other month. You know, and it, it's it's very, it was very difficult, and it was very hard. But we knew that we knew the goal. We knew we were heading for titles. We knew after that year that at the end of it, there were gonna there was gonna be there was meant to be a title. There wasn't. It didn't it didn't come to fruition. But we still pushed on. 
and we just kept active and you know what I mean and right now we're just making our moves and we're making sure that when we do move it's the right one and it's worth it you know we're not just having we're at a point now where we're on the cusp of titles we're mandatory for things we can't just be fighting six rounders for the rest of our career you know we need to you know by the same time we can't wait around too long so it, it, we ha- we have to. It's very testing times right now, and we have to make the right moves. Me and my team, and Steve's the best man for that. And you know, he's handled my career very well, and that's why I signed another three-year deal with him. So you you were supposed to fight Taylor Jones, uh, and obviously he pulled out. There was an injury from his side, and then he ended up in the Ultimate Boxer middleweight tournament, which has happened not too long ago. Was there ever any talk of potentially putting you in there? Was there ever any conversation about that at all? Yes, there was. Um, yeah, we 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 spoken about the Ultimate Boxer, me and my coach, and Brad, and we because it was middleweights, and we were the only middleweights at the time that were eligible for it, really. And you know, I, I knew straight away the Ultimate Boxer was my style. It didn't, you know, that won't that won't that benefit me at all. Yeah, the, the you know the order of boxing is going to be quite negative for me because I'm a slow I'm a slow, I'm a slow starter. Uh, the order of boxers favors people that fight. You know that will fight from the get go. Like um, you know, like it, it, it styles. You know, like that's why that was easy taking nothing away from him. He won it, and you know his style was just straight rock him sock him straight into it. You know. Like, he was straight up, he was 100 miles an hour from the start right to the end. And, you know, that's the only box that favours those type of fighters. Today's episode is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing. By boxers and for boxers. Producing high-quality boxing gloves, boxing equipment, Muay Thai, kit boxing, all sorts of fantastic boxing products. I just want to bring your attention to a new product which has been brought out by Bear Attack Boxing, which is the Checkerboard Boxing Gloves. They are available in 12-ounce and for the price of only £39. The new Checkerboard Gloves are the ideal training glove for a beginner or a seasoned pro. With the lightweight feel and wrist flexibility, you can freely fire your shots while still having the hand and wrist protection that you need. Whether it's training on the pads or it's on the heavy bag, Make sure you're training with checkerboard gloves. Go over and find them, bearattackboxing.co.uk. Find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Check out all the other available equipment that they produce. And again, you can find them, www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. I was just going to say, that fight that you were supposed to have with Taylor Jones, that was supposed to be for the Southern Area middleweight title, wasn't it? Yeah, it was meant to be for the Southern Area middleweight title and the English Eliminator. So, now you were referring to a little bit earlier on the fact that you've put yourself into positions for, for mandatory titles. Is there a particular route that you can disclose that you are looking to go down over the rest of 2019? Um, English title, really, is the one route right now, and then we just move on from there. Mandatory for that right now. You know, beating beating uh, Darren Cardona uh, made me mandatory for that. So you know, we just got to make a move and push the button as you know things open up for us. So so far in your career, then you've obviously had thirteen professional fights, thirteen wins, seven by way of knockout. Out of all the fighters you've been in with, there's obviously some great journeymen that have come along the way. Which one of them would you say has been your toughest fight to date? Um, one guy, uh, Eric Israel. Uh, the one, uh, the one fight that is on uh, was about televised on Haymaker Haymaker Boxing. Uh, that was the first fight I fought as a Haymaker fighter, and yeah, he was he was no journeyman. You know, like he just I I, I, I don't even know. I don't. Even, I'm gonna get into it anyway because it's always a good story. But um, getting into that getting into that fight when I actually you know the fight was made, I thought yeah. He's relatively dangerous. I think, you know, I mean, he's dangerous and he's game because he's like, I think he was like 27 or 26. I was 24. 
and I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, he's game. He's had one. He's had two fights. He's won one and he's lost one. The one he lost, I watched it, and I didn't really think he'd lost it. So I thought, you know what, this guy is someone you need to be. Not like I ever take my eye off the ball, but you, you just, you cannot afford to have a banana skin, you know, like especially on a stage like that, you know, being signed to a big promoter like that, you know, you can't, you can't really afford to take your eye off the ball, have a little slip. So I was, you know, when we were going into that fight, we picked the opponent. Um, well, you know, he got thrown at us, and we, we said, yeah, we said, yeah, that's fine. That's a good showcase for us. Uh, showed up, he weighed in, and I weighed in, and we when we squared up to each other, I thought, you know what, he's he's not that big. I thought, yeah, fair enough. The next day, he was it, the thought in my head. Yeah, when he, I was walking out of my dressing room, I just got warmed up. You know, everything's all done. Walking out of the dressing room now. Um, the door opened, and he, him, and his team walked past. And then I thought to myself, who's that? Like, who the hell is that? Super. I mean, that um, cruiserweight. Who's that? Like, when's he fighting? And then I walked out, I went into the ring, and then I said, I realized it's him. And I thought, how does he look like literally twice or three times as big than he did the day before? And then, um, yeah, and um, yeah, so, anyways, I've just, you know, I had to come around there, and I thought to myself, you know what, this guy is he's so jacked complete, compared to the day before. So I thought, okay, that's fine, you know, that's not too bad. It's probably working my advantage anyway. And, um, yeah, moved around and, you know, always felt him out, felt him out for the first round. He came out, he came out a lot quicker than I expected. So, you know, uh, he came out a lot quicker than I expected. Just stuck it all on, all over me for the first round, you know. Um, and that was very difficult to overcome. And I just thought, you know I mean? Just keep, just relax. My coach kept saying, just relax and concentrate. Don't get caught with anything. Just relax and concentrate. We'll warm into the fight as it goes. We'll keep working the body. Keep your jab out. Keep boxing. Keep catching him. Left, right, center with counters. Just don't push the fight yet. Just keep, keep relaxed and keep boxing him, yeah? And that's what we kept on doing. The second round came, did the same thing again, and I noticed he slowed down significantly. The third round came and I started to push the pedal, started getting on top of the fight. Fourth round came, really started pushing it, and I put, I put, put, him, I put him down in the uh, second round. And then um, started pushing the fight more in the third, third and fourth. And then in the fifth round, yeah, I, I, you know, I caught him with a combination that, you know, finished him and took him out. And the um, referee stopped the fight right there and then. And that was um, the fight that, you know, was my hardest fight, but also the fight that shows that, in my opinion, that showed that I, you know, I'm ready for those kind of tests and to move on to challenge for titles and things like that. And that's obviously where you see your career going from here. And in your 13 fights in, you were obviously going to be fighting for the Southern Area title. Now you're looking at pushing on, uh, going for the English. Obviously, your stable mate, Brad Pauls, emphatically won it over the weekend. He did a great job of, of picking it up over the weekend. And I know you was there for that. And I know, obviously, that was a very enjoyable experience for, for, for your stable mate and obviously your gym as a whole. Uh, is there any ever possibility with him being at the same weight that that could ever happen. No, I, I get that. We get we get asked this a lot, surprisingly. And um, no, it, there's no, there's no, there's not one. There's no chance that it, it would ever happen. You know, like you know, if we got um, maybe if we think about like maybe a world stage. We're on a world stage, world title honors, and you know, they, there's going to be questions asked. There's you know, unification. If we ever get, you know, I mean, if that ever happens, then we might need to kind of revisit this this. This conversation, you know, go about it a different way. But you know, right now, you know, that would that would just never happen. We had a plan from the start. I was meant to win it in. Um, I was meant to win it in uh, in December of 2000 in, um, 2018, and then he was meant to win it when he did. So do you know what I mean, like, and then we really just you know whoever got there first, we just win it, you know, let it go. That you know what I mean. We just see where the chips fall when after we win it, you know. 
and that was just always the plan. There was never a plan of fighting each other because you know who you know, we had the same coach. Whose corner did he go in? You know? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the exactly. dilemma, isn't it? So, in terms of what you do outside of boxing, then talk to me a little bit more about what it is you're actually get involved in outside of the ring. Um, I just what, what do you mean, like, what, like as in just my general life? Yeah, just like obviously, like most fighters have some 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 fighters work full time and train and go and, and and fight, you know, every couple of months outside of the ring. What what do you get up to, uh, just in general for fun, uh, for, for for obviously life, you know, anything like that? That's what people want to hear. They want to know what liners gets up to outside of the ring um yeah not too i just kind of live you know i mean i finally got to a position where um i i get to call the shots in my life in a sense of you know i work for myself um as a personal trainer i work for myself and you know kind of just call the shots on that really so i love playing football love going to watch my town play at luton um love playing football i live with my missus so me and i always do something but yeah my life my life just normally consists of just you know uh personal training and just you know playing football here and there training as you know the fights any fucking come up but yeah my life's very tame really i don't really do anything crazy in terms of when you go out training then is is there anything in particular music wise that gets you going like some people have a certain song that kind of goes yeah you know what this is the one this is the one that's gonna gonna get me involved and get me really focused on what the job is today um not not really not really i I kind of i'm more of a i listen to everything you know from my my phone will go from michael jackson to to collie buds to some house to um old town road to do you know what i mean it would go from yeah. to uh what do you call it stevie one day my, my playlist is just crazy so you know it's just everything I, you know, whatever i like if I, if I like the sound of it i'm listening to it you know <laughs> so in terms of, of of your support you've alluded to it a lot in the conversation and and obviously it's quite evident from the York Hall that there's a lot of guys that are following your career now a lot of people that are really enjoying watching you rise throughout the ranks and, and go to the next level and in terms of sponsorships you've mentioned it as well the fact that you're getting this great support for, for from sponsorships and it's really helping you alongside doing your own personal training work to, to keep yourself at a level where you can still focus on your fights which is not what a lot of people don't get to do that, and you're in a good position where you are able to do that. Yeah, and, and you know, again, this is everything I've ever wanted, and I have. So you know, I, you know, I mean, I've already accomplished a lot of the things I, I wanted in my life. You know, I'm where exactly where I want to be. So you know, I, I'm just really thankful and just try and keep pushing and you know, do the best for everyone that's supporting me. So if you look 12 months down the line from where we are now, where do you see yourself? Um, holding 12 months down the line I can see myself I can confidently say I can see myself holding a English and British title and challenging upwards I tell you what it's going to be a great ride for all the guys uh, including myself who have been watching your career supporting your career uh, obviously we really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us for this series and for people that want to follow your journey that don't already follow your journey where can they find you on social media to do that just instagram and twitter at linus it's all the same it's all the same nothing different yeah it's just the only place there instagram and instagram facebook and twitter at linus so linus it's been a pleasure getting you on thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us and i'm pretty sure the guys that are listening to this episode will be really appreciative of you telling a little bit of a story and a little bit uh, of background into some of the stuff that goes on outside of the ring yeah of course yeah i hope i hope you know i mean i hope they all enjoy it it's really um great to be on thank you for having me no problem linus thank you so much for coming on the show thank you the dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. Oh!
Social Podcast Network.